Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 56 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is good brother TF Joker. Joker, what's cracked, man? What's going on? Oh, you know, just slowly dying in the heat that we had this week, but this weekend has been great, because there's been rain, and there's the promise of thunderstorms. Uh, tonight, I think, um, that might break this humid and absolutely devastating uh, air that we have around here. How hot has it been lately? Uh, it's been it's been thirty degrees C. I think there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of um, uh, fun poked at the UK for oh, it's only eighty something degrees Fahrenheit. It's like, yes, but we're also further north than you. Uh, our 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 temperatures don't break twenty. Our temperatures aren't normally like this. Our grass is dying. Like, well, I'm in shorts. I don't wear shorts. PT. <laughs> like, I have white legs. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be in a hot country. My body ain't built for it. Neither was mine. Fair play. It's already in the middle of June as we're recording, and it's one of those. I mean, for me, having lived in New York City, it gets very hot. It can get as low as zero degrees Fahrenheit. It can get as high as 100, 100 plus Fahrenheit. So I'm used to wide ranges of weather. I'm used to the hottest of hots as well as the freezing cold. So I guess, yeah, for somebody, like you said, like your folks, like we mentioned it last summer as well, early on the show, like your neighborhood and, and the way that your structures are built really don't do well with this heat. So I can, I can feel you when it comes to the heat, man. Yeah, we're built with concrete bricks, insulation, and outer bricks. No wood here. Yeah, there's a timber frame, but no no panels, no nothing. It's all concrete and mortar, and it's built on double glazing, so everything's keep the heat. Whatever little heat we have, we keep it in. And unfortunately, all the windows are open. <laughs> Get that heat the hell out of here, please. Uh, like, if you stand outside, though, fantastic, because there's a breeze. And it's brilliant, but I have had to let my hair grow a little bit so that I don't have a red scalp. I need to protect the top of my head. I feel you, brother. I am one of the club as well, so when I go out for walks and I go out into the unbarren and undeservingly oppressive heat that it is for the summer, I have to have wear a hat or put a little sunscreen on for sure, so I feel you. So hopefully... You got yourself a couple of cool days just recently. Everybody, much like yourself, Joker, uh, please make sure that you're taking care of yourself, especially in this heat in the summer. You know, stay hydrated if you can. Try to, uh, if, if it's available, maybe keep some of the lights off. Do all the little tricks that you can to make sure that you're trying to stay cool in the heat, that you're hydrated, that you don't uh, suffer. So please uh, make sure to take care of yourself for sure. Oh, definitely. And uh, I just want to mention one real quick note before we get into the show. Thank you, everybody, over on the YouTube side. We are over the 500 subscriber hump. Thank you so, so much. We very much appreciate it. I know there's a lot of newer folks checking out the product. So thank you so much from the shorts to the long 
episodes, the full episodes that is. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hopefully you hopefully you stay uh, a while and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, for taking part in the product. Appreciates it as always. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kfabecouncil and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at CM Punk returns to AEW and Jay Uso makes his choice. But coming up first. CM Punk returns to AEW. Mr. Charles Montgomery himself Joker's favorite wrestler of all time has returned ceremoniously to AEW. So. Why you gotta do me like that, PT? (laughs) Why you gotta do me like that? I'm being a little facetious for the longtime listeners know that uh, (laughs) Joker is not the biggest fan of CM Punk. I'm just just pointing fingers. I'm just making rounds. So that's (laughs) All right. So, to kick off the debut episode of AEW Collision, CM Punk enters to a raucous Chicago crowd carrying a red drawstring bag and a pair of wrestling boots. I'm just going to quote here, CM Punk himself. I don't know if you guys heard, but I'm tired of being nice. Gone 10 months was a, with a ruptured tendon torn straight off the bone. I'm still here. This is professional wrestling business. This is the business of for grown-ups. This is not a popularity contest. He then puts the Chicago crowd over. I did all these things and got here to this place, riding the wave, riding the backs of smart, passionate, professional wrestling fans like you. And I never fit in anywhere like I have here in professional wrestling. I love you for it, and you love me because I have never compromised. I am me. I couldn't have done all this without all of you. He then goes on to say, But it seems there's some people that hate me for the same reasons you all love me. Listen, I understand that the sheer magnitude of me makes people uncomfortable. My mere presence makes people uncomfortable. Because I am the truth, and the truth is painful. Boo me, cheer me, love me, hate me. You all do it because you know I'm right. David Zaslav calls me one Bill Phil. You can call me whatever you want. I am the one true genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. The king is back, baby. And I do have a lot of things to get off my chest. I got a question, Chicago. Why would I change? I will never compromise. And there's the people that think that they're owed an apology. I've grown older and wiser in my years. If you feel you're owed an apology and you're here tonight, I am sorry that the only people softer than you are the wrestlers you like. Tell me when I'm telling lies. And finally, last time you saw me with my triceps meat hanging down, I held what is in this bag. It's mine because I earned it. I won the dog collar match. This belongs to me until someone can pin me or submit me for it. And there, 
are those of you who are praying that I'm going to put these boots down in the ring and walk off into the sunset, but until there is somebody in this company that can fill my boots, they belong to me. Tell me when I'm telling lies. All right, Joker, my man. Throwing it over to you. Thoughts on the promo? Bobby Fish looks good for uh, for coming back after a triceps injury because all I heard was, where is the lie? Like, legitimately, tell me what I'm telling lies, buddy. You're rehashing the worst promo Impact has ever seen. And all you can come up with was, tell me when I'm telling lies. You should have just said, where is the lie? Because at least then, you might have gotten a reaction. Because honestly, dude, it made me groan. I looked at my screen and went, did he just say that? And I rewound it, and he said it again. I was like, oh no. And then he actually goes on to say it two or three more times in this 10 to 15 minute promo, which, by the way, we knew he was doing. This is the only way you address collision. So I'm thankful that they did this. But Charles Montgomery Punk, legitimately, it made me giggle. The entire promo made me giggle because he said an awful lot without saying very much. And then just kind of went, the AEW title's mine. I'm insinuating that it's in this bag, blah, 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 blah. I never lost it. No, you didn't lose it. I'm not, I'm not here to dispute that. But you weren't here for 10 months, punk, which means you're not the champion anymore. We're not stupid. You got injured, which means the company can and will take that belt off you because how do you remain a relevant company with an irrelevant champion? Because that's what you were for the last 10 months, punk. Irrelevant. In fact, some might just say you were borderline lame. Because that's all you did. You just lamed about with that broken-ass wing of yours. Nobody cared, punk. And then you come around and you're like, oh, and the only people saw for the near your favorite wrestlers, like, bruh, you tore the triceps. The second championship match you had. You did, you bust your ankle in the first one. You had to get away. You tore your triceps in the second one. The only person weaker than their favorite wrestlers is you. Like, come on, punk. He's just so infuriating that he wants this narrative of, I'm everybody's favorite wrestler and I'm cool. I'm everybody's least favorite wrestler and you all suck. No, punk. I don't care about you. You're just dragging everyone else down around you. And it frustrates me to see that people believe him and defend him. Like, I don't want to, I don't think he is a terrible athlete. I don't think he is bad for business at all. I think Punk is good. But I am not a fan. I don't like him childishly attacking people. Like, it's so stupid. Rise above it. You've been in this company for an awful lot longer than these kids you gurn about. So rise above it. You're better than that. So whenever you, I, as a fan, know that someone like CM Punk should and is better, and he just stoops to the level of some rookie that's just came in the business, 
I lose a lot of respect for that person. That character, let me say. So it's just one of those things that this this promo was from start to finish. I didn't realize you were going to go ahead and cut a promo on Mr. Charles Montgomery right there. wasn't even going to, but you know how it starts. I start talking about CM Punk and I, I get angry and then I'm just like, meh. Everything comes out and I can't stop myself because it annoys the heck out of me. Understood. Once again, I know that you aren't the biggest fan of his, but yeah. It was an interesting promo for sure. It was one of those, I think there's a fair play of he was trying to say things without saying things, I think can be construed as a fair observation. There were some points in there, um, but to start off, uh, how dare you besmirch one of the greatest moments in wrestling history? Where is the lie? It's given us so many golden moments. How dare you besmirch? I mean, it honestly, as soon as he said, tell me when I'm telling lies, all I heard in my head is, where? Is the lie. And then saw him running, rolling into the ring. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's Bobby Fish. There it is. So interesting for sure. I made a couple of points to, to, to jot down, but I had to look it up. David Zaslov, the chief executive officer of Warner Brothers Discovery, the parent company of Turner Broadcasting. So that's it. There we go. But I made note of it, just a couple points here. So he mentions this is business for grown-ups. This is not a popularity contest. Wrestling notorious for egos and people getting bent out of shape for others trying to take their spots, brother, or getting too much success because they're rising up to potential equal standing. And then popularity is important in getting pushed by the booker when you can make money for the company and the business. So. When you're popular, you can say that stuff. Because you can make it sound like you're too aloof and don't care about popularity. CM Punk is one of the most popular wrestlers. Absolutely. And he's in Chicago. So yes, Punk, this is a popularity contest, my guy. You weren't going to be there. If you weren't going to be there, that show wasn't in Chicago. Don't tell me this isn't a popularity contest. And he goes on to say, which I would lose. Like, no, my guy. Do you even understand who you are? At some point, Punk, you really need to look in the mirror and go, oh wait, Bill Brooks is CM Punk. He's a popular guy. Of course I wouldn't lose that. What a... Oh, oh. It frustrated me, PT. It frustrated me. Found it very interesting he mentions that. Another point here, David Zaslav calls him One Bill Phil. And you can call me whatever you want. I am the one true article in this business full of counterfeit bucks. And I took a look. The Young Bucks have responded by updating their Twitter bio. And it now reads, quote, If it were 2018, we'd already have a counterfeit bucks t-shirt available on Pro Wrestling Tees. Kill it, y'all. <laughs> That's just how they work. I thought the line was fun, uh, but very... Uh... Very tongue-in-cheek. 100% tongue-in-cheek, so. And notably, the Bucks poke fun, usually in their Twitter bio, so in response to just little comments and things like that, so true and fair play to them. And then the last one here, 
Okay, if you feel you're owed an apology and you're here tonight, I'm sorry that the only people softer than you are wrestlers, the wrestlers you like. So, call back to August 17, 2022. Punk returns from a leg injury. Quote, Hangman Adam Page, you want that rematch, you got it right here, right now, let's go. Page doesn't come out. Punk responds, quote, that's not cowboy-ish, that's coward-ish. Punk says, quote, a little bit of advice that I suggest you take. The apology must be as loud and as public as the disrespect. So interesting turn of phrase when we're coming to apologies, if you will. So I had to had to look that one up. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing, are we doing a little uh, shoot work skis, work shoot skis, little callbacks, if we will? I mean, I think that's the one thing that Punk has to do. You can't remain relevant off of 10 month old information you know so you have to call back to it and that's that's just the way he has to operate on this promo he has to tell us how he was what he did affirm that he oh i'm still the champion uh oh everybody's still weak and they're all kids and i like eating chocolate muffins from the bakery down the road in chicago whatever the hell it's called so i mean it wasn't he didn't say anything surprising in this in this uh, promo. Hundred percent. Um, there was points of it where it it was infuriating and frustrating, um, and there was points of it where it's just like, all right, okay, cool, calm down. Um, but those those few points that he made about the um, about the callbacks, you know, about the counterfeit bucks and the callbacks to to the, the hangman stuff. Yeah, I mean. He can say that because they're not on his show. So that's not any cowboy-ish from Punk. That's coward-ish because the Bucks can't get into his dressing room on collision because, buddy, they ain't there. Calling out people that may or may not be there if they're in attendance or not. Interesting, but you gotta say regardless, all things considered, coming off of Nine plus, almost 10 months away from an injury. All the things that happened in between. In Chicago, the guy got a raucous ovation, like I mentioned earlier. So, you know, I always wish the best for the guys and gals. So, I mean, strong first showing. He's definitely coming back, wanted to say some things he did. May not have been able to potentially say as much as he wanted to, perhaps. But either way, the Chicago crowd ate it up. Yeah, they they definitely love the guy, and that is you know part of the reason why I was very surprised about the popularity contest thing. Like, buddy, you're in the middle of Chicago. I don't think this is the crowd for that statement. Um, see so if that for for the Carolinas or or for if you have ever head off to California and you just get a crowd. So I mean, it, it's one of those that I was very surprised to see that. Um, this crowd was, was a lot of fun. I believe uh, it wasn't sold out. Um, which is what a uh, month ago I asked, like, how is Saturday going to run? And I'm going to be very interested in seeing the ticket sales and the um, sort of crowd attendance for the next few weeks uh, leading up to Forbidden Door and beyond. Because I'm not 100% sure if Saturday night's show is going to do as well as maybe it once did, what with the, the times are changing um, and just people's uh, ambivalence to going out on a Saturday night especially to a wrestling show. Yeah, a lot of things considered. 
The last time we had wrestling on a Saturday, like I mentioned in a previous episode, was on TBS, WCW, Saturday night when it was running hot, 6.05 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, it was one of those things. It's been 20-plus years since we had wrestling on a Saturday, and in that 20 years, there's a lot more options in terms of consuming media and sports now. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays. Either way, it's a strong first showing for the show, so hopefully it can continue to be successful. Yeah, because it gives more opportunities for everybody else, and like we saw last night, Andrade Alidlo, although um, Kevin Kelly kept butchering his name, which made me which made me giggle, and uh, Miro. So like you know, we we saw we saw a couple of couple of people we haven't seen in a while, and uh, I really want to see those guys moving forward as well. Andrew El Idiolio, so course made his return thank you kevin kelly it is what it is yeah but the crowd was hot all night so hopefully we continue to have that in the future 100 switching gears a little bit get into the match cm punk's first match once again in over nine plus months i believe i was reading somewhere that punk made it a point to actually want to have a match specifically because where they were the united center I'm not mistaken, he may not have either had a match in that building or just had a match in that building for a very long time, so he wanted to. But uh, in terms of the match itself, uh, after FTR and Juice Robinson and Jay White worked for a little bit, we eventually got the Punk and Samoa Joe standoff in the middle of the ring. Big stare down and some jawing between the two while the crowd goes bananas. My favorite part of the match is... The spots with Samoa Joe and Dax just giving each other's chops and strikes, just laying it into one another, absolutely was the highlight of the match. But we see the finish of the match comes as Samoa Joe gets tagged in, and he and Punk exchange strikes. Jay White blindsides Punk, and then things break down, all six men brawling. CM Punk tries to hoist Samoa Joe up, but Joe counters with a sleeper, and Dax breaks it up with a driving shoulder into Samoa Joe. Juice gets tagged back in. FTR hit the big rig on Juice. CM Punk follows up with a go-to-sleep and pins Juice Robinson for the victory in his return match. So, Joker, what'd you just think of the match itself? Oh, there's no way Punk was losing his return match, buddy. I was like, who takes the pin? Oh, it's gotta be Juice Robinson. I thought it was a good match. Um, uh, Cash and Dax uh, definitely did the lion's share of the match. Clearly, on coming back, still some ring rust, still some uh, questions about his cardio. Uh, at least that's what was being addressed on uh, on commentary. 100% valid concern, um, even if it's not true. It's something that always happens whenever somebody comes back. I thought that was perfectly acceptable. Uh, the crowd popping for all the right spots. Um, Samoa Joe and uh, and Punk having a wee standoff was pretty good, and then uh, my particular favorite was um, Punk getting uh, getting choked out uh, by Samoa Joe, and then Dax getting uh, getting gripped by Jay White, and then uh, Cash on the outside was having to contend with Juice Robinson. And all you see is uh, Cash just jumping at Jay White, knocking him off the edge, and then Dax just uh, hitting into Samoa Joe. I really like that little sort of uh, tension piece, um, which was which was a lot of fun. But yeah, 
to echo your statement about the the Samoa Joe and and Dax spot, like yeah, dude, I always love to see big heavy hitters and Joe just giving as good as he got. In fact, he actually was selling some pretty hefty chops as well, which is always a rare sight. You never often see Samoa Joe kind of selling as much as he did in terms of pain. Um, at least uh, he he always portrays that aura of I am invincible, and I love that about the character. But it was actually really surprising and cool to see him selling these chops. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. Yeah, those chops were loud. Man, even with that hot crowd, there was just those rip of that clap on those chests mm. were just like, ooh, and those gentlemen sold it so well. So kudos mm. to them both. The commentary spoke about the history of Punk and Joe. So I did a little research here. The last time they were in a match together before Collision, August 12, 2005, ROH Redemption. James Gibson, folks might know as Jamie Noble, defeats Christopher Daniels. Champion CM Punk and Samoa Joe to win the ROH World Championship. But in terms of an actual one-on-one match, I'll go ahead and skip the Joe winning in FWA in the UK on the 19th of March in 2005. But the last one-on-one was December 4, 2004. Ring of Honor, All-Star Extravaganza 2. Samoa Joe defeats CM Punk to retain the ROH World title. So once again, it's been... Roughly almost 20 or so years since they last had a match or interacted. So we're not counting WWE backstage. So we'll just get that out of the way real quick. But that notwithstanding, mm-hmm. it's always for those folks that remember those matches, those were intense. And that was a huge rivalry, especially in the early portions of Ring of Honor for sure. But in terms of the match, I made note I had two takeaways. Uh, the first one, the limited time in the match for Punk, I thought was a good idea. They mentioned on commentary limiting the minutes, especially being in a trios match, was a smart decision. Punk has had two significant injuries in roughly a year's time, the ankle and the triceps tear. So easing him back was a good call. And then the second piece I made note of, the crowd went nuts for Punk and Joe's face-off. They weren't in the ring that much together, so saves the match for later down the line. So those were my kind of big two takeaways from the match itself. I think that's completely fair. Um, if we're going to be using Joe a bit more on uh, Collision, I don't think I'm going to be upset about it. Uh, yeah, he is obviously Ring of Honor World Television Champion. Um, so that's, that's something that we'll have to end up addressing. Uh, as much as I love Joe uh, and him having a title, uh, title gold, maybe give that away. Maybe give it to somebody else, and so he can sort of chase down, uh, chase down AW gold instead. I'm not trying to demean Ring of Honor gold, but the television titles to me are always sort of mid card. Um, and if you're having your 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 champion, your mid card champion fight you know, upper tier, uh, top of the card guys. At some point you stop elevating that title and you just sort of elevate your own stock and be like, well, why aren't you going after the more prestigious goal? Um, so to me that that's, that's definitely something I want to see for Joe Thatton. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Whenever you see my favorite, favorite Joe spot is always the, I'm going to go for a, a spot off the top rope and Joe just goes with and walks away. Just walking away, the Joe walking away spot is my favorite spot in all of wrestling. Absolutely. Big OOC shout out for that, the uh, walk away spot, 
But agreed, fun match. Punk coming away with the victory in his return. So once again, big reaction for Punk in Chicago, his hometown. Loaded up show for the debut episode of AEW Collision. Although it's only been one show, we'll see how the next shows in Canada sell and are attended. So once again, we hope for the best for AEW. But Joker, I'll ask one last question for this section. Is Collision something you are interested in continuing to watch? Um, For the foreseeable future, yes. But simply because I want it to succeed, the more wrestling that uh, AEW has and the more opportunities the talent has and the more opportunities we have to see some amazing matches. Like this card had some really good matches. Um, we're not going to talk about the TNT title, um, maybe for at least another couple of weeks, because again, I need to speak to management and tell them to either get rid of the title or stop passing it around like a hot potato. Just uh, on Wardlow's now reign, just over the average. The average is roughly 41 to 42 days. He just got over the hump, but stayed right in that average amount. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's pathetic. It's it's just one of those that no don't need that. Uh, the second match is really good. Um, Andrade or Andrew the Idol, um, as Kevin Kelly was calling him, um, versus Buddy Matthews, which also also made me giggle. The ring announcer called Buddy Matthews by his fed name on his way to the ring. Give me a couple of giggles, but hey yo. Dasha Gonzalez had a wee bit of a wee bit of a faux pas. She used to very briefly she did. ring announce for NXT. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. Buddy and Murphy. She were in NXT roughly around the same time, perhaps. So there you go. I, I do I do have vague vague uh, uh, memories of her calling calling his name anyway, but it was it was it made me giggle. Um and yeah, the the rest of the matches as well. Like we we had uh, the the tag match between uh, Willow and and Sky versus the Outcast Siders, whatever they want to call themselves, um, was a fun match as well. Uh, Chicago, obviously, being the hometown of Sky Blue as well, uh, expect big things from her there. So it was fun. Um, and then the the acclaimed stuff shows like okay, whatever that is. So it, it was a good two hour session of of wrestling of 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 AEW talent and um for the most part uh I can I can pretty safely say that most of it held matches between people that we haven't really seen all that often. Luchasaurus was there, Sky Blue, Will and Nightingale, um we had Andrade, you know, we had Tony Nice, we had Miro, Buddy uh, Buddy Matthews, yes, he's trios, but he hasn't really had very many singles in a while. Um, and then FTR, we never see those guys. CM Punk, he's been missing. And then we had um, like the Bullet Club guys, um, where they they've been featured a good bit, but Samoa Joe hasn't really been featured. So we we got a lot of talent in there um, that we don't regularly see, and that's why Collision for me was interesting because um, we got to see more variants. Fair play, variety, a little spice of life. So, yeah, if you're getting too much of the same thing, you're kind of like, maybe take it for granted or maybe not as interested. So, little changes ain't that bad. So, once again, hopefully it continues to carry that momentum of the first show. 
Switching gears a little bit here, earlier in the week, numerous wrestling news outlets were quoting Wade Keller of the Pro Wrestling Torch as saying there was a piece of media coming out that is not going to help matters for AEW. This, of course, was alluding to an ESPN interview AEW set up for CM Punk to promote Collision. They spoke on numerous topics. I just picked a couple here to highlight. But honestly, I read through the article itself. It wasn't overtly controversial, wasn't surreptitious, wasn't really anything sensational. So I think it was one of those where you make vague allusions to something of a lightning rod person slash character, and maybe it got a little bit out of proportion, but I read it. It wasn't anything super crazy. All right, the first piece that I ended up picking out here was just in regards to Punk's heat with Hangman. So on May 25, 2022, Punk and Page were booked for a promo segment in a ring on Dynamite. Page was the AEW champion then, and Punk was his challenger for the next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, four days later. They discussed backstage before the segment what they would say. Uh, much as Punk said he did for similar segments in the past with wrestlers such as MJF and Eddie Kingston. But when they got into the ring, according to Punk, Page strayed from what they agreed upon. This is Page saying, quote, You talk a big game about workers' rights. Well, you've shown the exact opposite since you got here. I love this place. I care about this place. This is my home. I will not be defending this championship against you. No. For the first time in my life, I'll be defending... All Elite Wrestling from you. This is Hangman Adam Page to CM Punk. Punk confronts Page about it when they return backstage. According to Punk, Page told him he said what he did because Punk had AEW wrestler and coach Coke Cobana fired from the company, or at least tried to. Khan has said in multiple media appearances that Cabana's absence was because he was reassigned to work for the Ring of Honor wrestling promotion, which Khan purchased in March 2022. Then Punk told ESPN that he has no relationship with Cabana, but he had never asked Khan to take Cabana or anyone else's job. But others in the company, including the elite, believe Punk did indeed do that per sources. Page was evidently confident enough to bring it up unexpectedly on television. So this was Punk's side. They went over it a little bit beforehand. Apparently, Page just went off script a little bit, mentioned that because he thought in regards to Colcabana status. So that was Punk's account of the story. The next piece here is in regards to uh, Punk and the scrum. So, quote, this escalated in the post-event news conference that accused Omega and the Jacksons of, quote, spreading lies and bull about him in the wrestling media. He said Omega and the Jacksons were all executive vice presidents in AEW, couldn't manage a target. He also took aim at Cabana. Khan was next to him on the stage. Punk said he had regrets about what transpired in the media scrum and has since apologized to Khan for it. He said his and Khan's relationship is now great. Quote, the first thing I said to Tony when I sat down with him and spoke to him after it was, quote, man, I'm really sorry I put you in that position, Punk said. I apologize for the scrum, but when you've watched that scrum, 
looking at a very, very frustrated guy who had told people. That's not the first time he heard all that. It's not the first time lawyers have were told all that. And it was just looking for something to be done and nothing got done. So I want something done right. You got to do it yourself. And I just didn't approach it in the right manner, but tensions was high. I was very, very pissed. I pretty much knew that I had been injured myself again. I was hurt. I was disappointed. Yeah, it's very easy for me to say I regret that, and I handled it the wrong way, 100%. So those were his thoughts on the media scrum. He apologized to Tony. He did acknowledge that it seemed sort of out of place, or at least the wrong time, and in poor taste to mention it there. And the last piece here, just in terms of the relationship or perception of the Bucks and Omega. Omega was on the sessions with Rene Paquette that he mentioned what happened is a, quote, super big shame. And a lot of people are going to never know exactly what went down or why or how it could have been prevented. Omega says he's thankful that no one was seriously injured and hopes other parties are, quote, doing well. The important part is that I don't think anyone is happy that it happened or is proud that it happened or anything like that, Omega said. I think across the board, everyone thinks it was a terrible situation and it was unnecessary. I think that's a fair, fair observation. Funk said he has not had any conversations with Omega or the Jacksons since the incident, although he has tried. He said when he reached out, he had gotten, quote, messages from lawyers saying, do not contact this person. Punk said he is unclear whether those responses came at the request of legal representatives of Omega and Jacksons or a third party. He resents that he's been painted as the bad guy in online reports when he feels he's just been defending himself. Punk said people in the AW locker room leaking things to the wrestling media have contributed to this internal drama. Quote, now we all got to roll in the effing mud and that never should have happened and has never been course corrected, Punk said. So I understand people want to say that, hey, oh man, Punk is a jerk. Well, yeah, because I'm defending myself and I will always defend myself. I'm open to have a full-blown effing sit-down powwow discussion with everybody about it, but it hasn't happened yet, and it's not because of my lack of trying. So, a lot of things mentioned from the ESPN article there. I just picked, it's a long article, I just picked a couple of things here, but once again, those were Punk's opinions, Punk's perspective, Punk's side of the story. Much like we talked about numerous times and a sweet callback to episode one, where we talked about Naomi and Sasha Banks leaving the WWE in protest. We're never going to hear all sides of the stories. For now, Punk got an opportunity to share some of his side of the story. From my knowledge, the Bucks and Kenny have not commented on that or shared things as far as I know. But it appears for the most part that the parties involved show remorse for what happened and want to move on, which is of course always good, which is probably for the best. Joker, is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. I, uh, the thing is, like, he, you cannot say 
in one breath that it was wrong of him to say those things and put TK in that position and then complain that you're the bad guy portrayed in media. Like, honestly, I, I haven't read the whole article. I haven't read the whole article. I'm not going to sit and complain about uh, the entire thing just from that one point. All right, okay, so I'm not going to sit and attack the man. But you cannot say in one breath that, you know, you're not the bad guy. Uh, you know, I don't understand why I'm being portrayed as the bad guy. I was just defending myself and I'm okay. I have the power, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Have that power in private. We don't care. If there's bad stuff going on, you need to sort that out with the, the people in the back. You do that. And then we'll just hear, you know, snippets and, and whatever. Don't make an embarrassment out of yourself. And then, you know, the other British saying, oh, it was really wrong of me to do that, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, I don't know. PT, it just kind of, to me, it seemed like he confused his points, or at least he he tried to portray himself as the shining knight of of justice for uh, what he said. Like, I don't, I don't doubt that there has been drama between, you know, if you have all of these huge superstars, egos will clash, they will rub together, things will explode. Uh, you know, so I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt that there have been things that have been, you know, said. Um, but like I said earlier, you are a big star. You can rise above this and you have the experience to do so. Much akin to the box and Kenny, by the way. You should be able to rise above it and be the better man. And that is where my disappointment, my frustrations come from. And it just to me sounds a little bit like a cop out and a, you know, a regret to me. Uh, but it definitely does sound like we need to move on, um, let the man, you know, get on with, with, uh, rehabbing the triceps uh, back into working condition and allow him to have you know full matches and stuff and you know like I'm a big detractor of punk 100% I will be a detractor of punk like there's nothing going to stop me you know I don't care it's like oh he was defending himself yeah I still don't care um, he put himself in he jumped into the lion's den and then tried to fight lions like come on <laughs> it was your own stupid mistake um, but uh you know, I will be excited to see him uh, fight other people uh, and go ahead and go on. But I can tell you this for nothing. If I see him in another title match and the day after he is injured and he is not in the ring putting his boots there whenever he is rehabbed, then I don't know what we're doing with some money on Punk because I, I can defend him and say he's a draw say he's good for business all day long but if you are going after the title and taking the spot away from somebody in AEW or Ring of Honor whatever title he goes after you're constantly getting injured then at that point we have to kind of wonder what are we doing with you Punk so fair play once again this was Punk's side of the story this is him sharing his thoughts once again, as far as I know, Kenny and or the Bucks have not commented, but either way, you hit it right on the head in work, in school, in working with people, especially in wrestling, where you have a lot of egos and a lot of opinion and stuff. People 
aren't always going to get along. You're going to have a clash of personalities, of course. But if, to your later point, if we can just have at least one party or just, with all due respect, all of these guys just try to be the bigger person and be like, you know what, listen, we may not get along, but it's just, all right, we have to, we just have to work together, this and a third, okay, type of thing. So let's just move on. It's a very simple thing to be an armchair booker just to say that, but I've gone through experiences where people I've worked with or people I've been in school with, I didn't get along and I just tried to like, it is what it is. You just try to do the best you can. And hopefully, like we said, all these folks are just trying to move on and, and try to be successful and make all these things work. So be that as it may, hope to have success for Punk. I hope to have success for Kenny and the Bucks. I hope to have success for AEW and Collision and all the guys and gals. And hopefully, to one of your last points, Punk can stay healthy, man, because it's it's just it's a rough go, man. So we'll see how it plays out in the future. Those were our thoughts on CM Punk returning to AEW. Let us know down in the comment section below on. YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are on CM Punk returning to AEW, Collision, if you're interested in checking it out, and maybe who would you want to see as Punk's first feud? All right, the next topic, going over some more Bloodline shenanigans, Jay Uso makes his choice on Friday Night SmackDown. Roman is in the ring with Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa, demanding Lexington, Kentucky, acknowledge him. Then enter Jey Uso. Jey gets in the ring and paces. Rain gets on the mic and says he knows the crowd wants answers. So what's it going to be? Is he in or is he out? Jey puts the ball in Roman's court and says it's either going to be Paul Heyman or it's going to be him. Reigns tells Jay when he's tribal chief, he can pick anyone he wants to be as his wise man. And this is Roman's wise man. He's not the bloodline's wise man. He's Roman's wise man. And he's here to help Roman lead. That's what Jay doesn't understand. Roman was only meant to get us to the promised land. And Jay is meant to keep them there at the top of the mountain. Wise man said that they'd start grooming him, but no. They've been grooming Jay for three years. Hard work and equity into him to become main event Jay Uso. Jay's meant to lead, just not yet. The problem isn't the wise man. The problem is Jimmy Uso. Jay is frustrated and pacing as Reigns continues, saying he knows they're inseparable, but he has to understand. Enter Jimmy Uso. Jimmy says the problem isn't his brother. The problem is their cousin. Roman's not grooming Jay, Roman's using him. Jimmy asks Jay if he actually believes this garbage. Jay's conflicted, staring back and forth between Jimmy and Roman, and Reigns says since Jay's been with him, he's been main eventing every single WrestleMania. Jimmy is an anchor, and Roman is the wings. One lifts you up, and the other drags you down. And Reigns pushes the, you're the next tribal chief line hard before saying, you can't be tribal chief and a twin at the same time. Jay sweating and wiping his face, and Roman calls Heyman close, and asks, who was the only one that had a problem with Jay being the right-hand man? 
Heyman thinks it over for a beat and eyes Jimmy. Jay turns to Jimmy and asks if it's true, as Roman laughs and smiles in the background before Jimmy admits it is true. Jay's pacing intensifies, emotions running high as he asks Jimmy if he's been doubting him the whole time. Jimmy says he's never doubted him, and Jay cuts him off, saying he expects that from Roman, but not Jimmy. But let me guess, big brother Jimmy knows better, right? Listen to your big brother Joshua. That's all he's heard growing up. Jay wants to say that he's been competing with Roman, but all along Jay's been trying to keep up with Jimmy. Prom king, player of the year, most likely to succeed. Jimmy got hurt, but Jay stepped up and became main event Jay Uso. And it's all because of rain, so guess what? Jay tells Jimmy he's out. And Jay's out too, and he super kicks Roman and lays him out. Solo rushes in, but the Usos take Solo out with super kicks. Reigns gets up and yells at the Usos, and they super kick Roman, leaving him lying on the mat. The emotional roller coaster. We don't give out acting awards. We don't give out Academy Awards. We don't give out Golden Globes, we don't give out awards for wrestling, but geez, Jay, have you been taking lessons? Have you been doing something, brother? Because you got me in the feels. Joker, I'll throw it over to you. Thoughts on the segment? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be a bit of a negative Nelly this week. Like, just, just sort of negative on punk. Now I'm going to be negative on the bloodline. Like, <sighs> I I really enjoy Jimmy and Jay. I have done for a long time. I think they've been fantastic. Some of our our some of our biggest um praise has been lumped upon the heads of the Usos throughout the entire bloodline uh saga. Uh whenever Roman wasn't here, it was always the, the Usos that were holding down on Mondays and Fridays. But this is slow so dang slow i appreciate the great performance 100 percent, i do but this could have been done last blooming week when we were told jay's decision only for it to be like you'll find out next time on dragon ball z and you're like bruh this is not an anime we have not shown in protagonists we don't need to wait 30 years for a power-up. None of y'all needs to go Super Saiyan here. Just please, if you're going to say we get the decision, do the dying thing. I'm glad that it's happened now. 100% I am. I've wanted this for six to eight weeks, maybe more. In fact, I've, I've wanted this since January, essentially. But, you know, I've been going with the story, going, when would the right timing be? When would the right, I, you know, when would the timing be good enough to do this? And like for the last three to four weeks, it's been right. They're selling the stress that they're under, hundred percent. I get that. Long term storytelling is important to these guys, and I get that. But there's a difference between long term storytelling and boring the hell out of people, dude. Because there are long periods of time when Roman just ain't there to do these segments. 
So it gets boring. It's like, you'll find out next time when Roman can be bothered to appear. I'm just happy that that was Roman in the ring getting super kicked and not maybe a Roman body double because maybe we'll have to wait until next week to finish the super kick, you know, just so Roman can attend the segment. I don't know. It just screamed to me of this is too late. It is just we're struggling now. And it was always the plan to do this match at Money in the Bank. But it could have been done at Backlash. Because, come on. There hasn't been that much progress in this story. In fact, all the progress since WrestleMania to now, you could fit in the period between WrestleMania and Backlash. And you could have done this tag match then. I think those are all fair points, and I agree with a lot of them. It's one of those where the challenge in itself lies. Bloodline has been hot storyline that has carried ourselves for two plus years almost three years and it's a challenge in the sense of you're right that a lot of the things happen or huge story beats happen when roman reigns is present now the complicated nature of roman being a part-time roman Having the championship and being the big player, it is what it is. Once again, I'll reiterate that power to Roman, that he can be put in a position to be multiple uh, champion, world champion for that matter, and can be part-time. And mentioned it on last week's episode, it has been the last title defense was WrestleMania. And I think they had threw in a random house show defense, which I believe was this past weekend here against Rey Mysterio. but. We're not going to have a title defense and money in the bank. Probably, maybe, if we're lucky, we might get one at SummerSlam, but perhaps Survivor Series or even Royal Rumble at the next one. So it is what it is. That notwithstanding, you're right. I enjoy me some Bloodline. We've mentioned it numerous times that the Usos are the cornerstone of this thing. They're here week to week. When they had the titles, they were defending a lot of these story beats and movement and such have been around the Jay and the Jimmy character with other people like a Sammy, with a Solo, with a Paul Heyman, things of such. I think that's an absolutely fair observation statement to make. But because of Roman's not here all the time, the we had Roman there, Jimmy stepped to him, did the face-to-face, -face, right? He's not here the following week, which was last week in this timeline. WWE had the audacity. Had the audacity to say Jay's going to make his decision. They had four segments with Jay Uso, culminating in that match at the end against Austin Theory and all the shenanigans and stuff happened. And they were touting Jay's going to have his decision, Jay's going to have a decision, and did not make a decision at all. So it's one of those where they're, they know it's hot, they're trying to figure it out and sort of work around a Roman scheduling thing. I totally understand. Once again, things happen when Roman's present, but geez Louise, you're absolutely right. I think there's story beats. This could have happened just after the Sammy thing in January. 
This could have happened potentially after the Sammy match in February at Elimination Chamber. This could have happened in the aftermath of WrestleMania, perhaps at a backlash. There's a lot of stuff that could have happened. I think where I'll wind down and get to my point, when it feels like it drags out and drags on, it's killing the pace of the story, and that's what we connected on just before we started recording, but... I like all these players involved, but they're just stretching this thing out. And your allegory of the next time on Dragon Ball Z, I think, is an absolutely fair observation. Because hot dang, does it feel like you've said that 14 episodes in a row, wait till next show. Come on, bro. Like, let's just make things move. You're absolutely right. There is long-term story, but there is... You're just stretching it out at this point with all due respect. Yeah, 100%. It's just one of those that, like, I can be frustrated with, with, uh, you know, how, you know, Punk's whole, Punk's whole thing. Like, you know, I'm frustrated with him 100%. This is a, another level of frustration where I'm like, like, like we said, you know, we could, we could put all of this procrastination into a condensed form over two shows within four weeks you could have had all of this stuff between wrestlemania and backlash or you know like legitimately it could have happened and yeah we have to have this extended period of time just because roman needs some time off my guy have you not had enough time off like you weren't there between like elimination chamber and mania you were never there why do you need more time off I get it, you got a family. So do most wrestlers. So do the, the two brothers who are in this storyline with you. Um, you know, and even Solo got married, you know, not too long ago. Like, come on, fella. Like, I get it, you're a big draw, but you're not the thing that's holding this together. It's Jay and Jimmy. And they need to be done with this. Because there's only so much weight that they you know, dead weight. In fact, yeah, I'll say it. There's only so much dead weight that Roman Reigns is bringing to the table, his own table, that Jay and Jimmy can can carry. The only thing that Roman is good at is pushing merch because he's the champion, hundred percent. But this storyline is not being is not being guided by Roman. The delivery is all Jay and Jimmy. There is really bright sparks from the wise man Paul Heyman, and sometimes Roman Reigns. I would I would actually measure up both Solo and in fact I'd say Solo is probably carrying a little bit heavier than than Roman. If I'm perfectly honest with you, it's just so frustrating to see three of these guys that could be on doing other things being dragged. They were pulled up to the mountaintop. They were made relevant in Roman's words, and now he is just pulling to them, pulling them to the side, and relegating them to obscurity within the main title picture. Which is funny because we haven't had a main title in almost two pay per views, and the likelihood of us having one at SummerSlam is low at this point, unless, unless Jay fights Roman. For the title and becomes the new tribal chief by beating Roman. And then at that point, Roman can leave. 
We've mentioned it numerous times in the past, as well as we, re we are reiterating it right now, that the players in there are in the storyline are killing it. These guys are doing phenomenal work. I'm putting a little bit of onus on Top H and the booking team and how they're organizing and how they're kind of stretching out and trying to make it work with Roman's presence. So when those moments happen, these guys for the most part, do a really strong job of making you engaged and put it in there. But for whatever reason, the man with the pencil, the booker, is deciding we need to stretch this out, brother. We need to go to year four, four-year anniversary. We'll have the actual, <laughs> the actual resolution, but it is what it is. So, But we have a development here. It's been made official at Money in the Bank. Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa will take on the Usos, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But with the willingness of these guys to sell for each other and really work with each other, I'm going to say this is probably going to be a really strong, fantastic, engaging match. Is that fair? 100%, yeah. There'll be drama, there'll be intrigue, there'll be uh, the threat of the Simone Spike, there'll be the dodge of the spear, there'll be... Um... I'm trying to think, will there or won't there? Of course, there's Roman Reigns in the match. There will be at least one ref bump. Bingo. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things that we'll have a Roman Reigns ref bump into Jay holding the pin onto Roman. Um, so we get the visual pin on Roman from Jay. That's definitely going to happen. Um, but then we'd probably have something like a Samoan Spike, Spear, and uh, Superman Punch uh, onto Jimmy and Solo to beat Jimmy um, uh, for the pin, maybe possibly something like this here. I would like to see uh, Solo lose, um, but we are in this age-old conundrum. Roman is your champion. Solo needs to be built big. Neither of these two Samoans can take the pin. Jay is the next tribal chief and a very uh, hot commodity for the bloodline. Jimmy, less so. Still an Uso, still really good, still part of this uh, entire storyline, but is the weakest in terms of who needs to be protected. So the only person that I can see taking a pin at this point in time is Jimmy, which means Jay and Jimmy lose, which means we have to then work towards the Usos um, breaking Roman from the outside, which means we need a title shot next month for someone else. Uh, we need an outsider to come in, have a title shot on the Usos. Uh, you know, maybe maybe run run distraction, maybe run distraction for. Uh, for somebody new to come in. It's it's difficult to sort of tell at this point, but that's my it's kind of my thoughts around the around the tag match, at least the finish. Uh we already know uh, little bits and pieces that would happen, but um honestly the the family at war uh is is a really cool trope. It's it's great to see that we have four members of a family in here that can go to war. Uh, I would really like to see them uh, absolutely destroy each other because I know that it's going to be a good match. And um, yeah, I'm excited to actually see the match. But 
I need to see an outcome, not a wishy-washy outcome. I need to see a resolute outcome from Money in the Bank. Those are all fair observations. As you were regaling us, I recalled that at Night of Champions, Solo took the pin in that tag match with Sammy and Kevin. So it was one of those, well, all right, we definitely want to build up Solo, like you said. We want to keep Roman looking strong. Jay just had a huge character beat. Jimmy is an active participant, but may, by your logic, may potentially be a person to least impacted by a pin or submission. But you're all right because it's a Roman match, so ref bump and some shenanigans. There's no clean matches when it comes to Roman in the last two plus years, so it's a tough call to say who or what happens or who gets the win. I feel mm. like from a by your narration, Jay and Jimmy having more agency would feel like it would lead to more things within the story and further progression if they won. But with a Roman slash solo win then we sidestep and we have to continue the sort of dragging on nature of this particular part of the story and then kind of curve back on the road to trying to get there. So I think it's a tough mm. call. If we go that route of Roman and Solo winning, just throw AJ Styles in a match with Roman at SummerSlam. So you can just have that. They can have a really awesome match. AJ can lose potentially or whatever. And then we can get back to the Bloodline stuff, you know, for example. So. The main, the main problem I have is that we will probably end up continuing this story. Uh, I would love nothing more than for Solo to take the the L again. That'll be two in a row for him. Yeah. Um, which means that that wouldn't look too good on you know to to Roman. Like my enforcer is the reason I'm losing these tag matches. I 100% get that, which is why I don't think it will happen because that leads to the the quick resolution of the storyline um whereas i do think i'm going to remain frustrated with the storyline uh that we're going to extend it and i really hope it's not true and i really don't want it to be true but we could end up seeing roman hold on until wrestlemania and yeah tighten the rock like if he makes it out of summer with the title that's what i'm going to uh that's what i'm going to bank on happening next year because he doesn't lose it at the rumble he doesn't lose it at the chamber because at that point on the road to mania the biggest sort of you know 1400 days or something i think at that point isn't he like longer than hogan or something like this here i don't know um it, there, there's some uh, there's bound to be a record he could break if he makes it to mania next year which just means that um that's possibly the the way we're going to head, and that's the reason why I think we'll probably see Jimmy take that pin. Um, as much as I would love to see Solo take the pin, and uh, I will be jumping for joy if that happens. Fair play. Those are all interesting notions. You say we run it back, WrestleMania 50, 5-0, Cody and Roman for the title? Eh, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Let's give it to everybody. You know, we'll have the we'll have the Zimmer frames out there. We'll uh we'll have a the tail of the tape. How many hip replacements have each had? Um, how many knee replacements? Um, you know, things like that. There definitely. How many times have each? You know, maybe went to the toilet in the middle of the night because they're all really super old men at that point. So, 
Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's something that we could definitely do. Yeah, Cody finished the story. You heard it here first. Cody finished the story, WrestleMania 50 against Roman. There it is. Mm. But a lot to consider. I think we're looking forward to the match itself. It's going to be fun just because, again, these guys want to sell and they want to work with each other. So you're just going to have just a fun and engaging match. And it can be hard to tell what's going to happen right after in this match and kind of what happens into SummerSlam and further beyond go multiple routes. It seems conclusively that we either have Jay slash Jimmy get some agency and we continue it immediately after or we get sidetracked. Once again, most likely are probably the two most common or foresaw routes that we're going to go coming out of this match. So I would like a little bit more of the story to move forward quicker, but WWE probably has other things in mind, brother. So it doesn't work for them. Next time on WWE SmackDown. Even though Roman was on this past week's episode of SmackDown, Roman returns this week to SmackDown, being off for two, five days. There we go. But should be interesting nonetheless. I'm, I'm Jones now that, again, because we had such fun interactive segment, match makes sense for them to want to face each other and drama and all the tension and... When you have all those sort of things aligned, you're going to make for an interesting notion. I've been hearing every once in a while, maybe that's uh, somebody working themselves up, trying to shoot themselves into work or work themselves into a shoot. The big quiche. The Jay yes. and Jimmy and Solo's father. Been sprinkling a little of that kayfabe, brother. Maybe I might have to come in, something along those lines. So who knows? We haven't heard from the High Tribal Council, the Afa, the Sika, or anybody else on the High Tribal Council since, geez, what is it, at least over a year or maybe more or something. So maybe that's a little something extra we could throw in there. Who knows? When was the last time? Was it not like since since Solo was was kind of brought into the bloodline? I want to say the, the actual last time. The last time we referenced that, I think was that Clash at the Castle where Solo debuted to help Roman against Drew McIntyre, but I think mm. before that the they mentioned the High Council potentially when we did the trial of Sami Zayn, but all the guys couldn't make it, so we just went with the it wasn't a High Tribal Council, it was just the trial. But then I think legitimately before that was, I forget which pay-per-view or which piece, but I think often Sika came out and gave the Ulafala to Roman and crowned him mm. as like, we approve of you tribal chief as, as the head of the table type of thing. I want to say that was maybe 2021 or possibly early 2022, but it's been a minute. But regardless, yeah. maybe that could be, like we said, a little fun extra something they can throw in there to elongate the story and drag it out just a little bit more and make it fun hey make it fun wow have you not already been having fun pt with part 954 of dragon ball bloodline on the next episode catch us next time yeah certainly interesting for sure love the segment i can understand your point of view just the kind of dragging nature but it is what it is. I'm glad we at least get a little bit more frequently now than we kind of did before because we went weeks and almost months without anything happening. So let's 
So nobody turns on this segment and these guys, because they're great performers, let's maybe pick up the pace a little bit if we can. All right, so those were our thoughts on Jay making his choice. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube and or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts were on Jay, Superkick and Roman, aligning with his brother Jimmy, and the upcoming match. Who do you think you want to see win at Money in the Bank? All right. Interesting show we have here. Lightning Rods, that is the Charles Montgomery Chicago-made Cookie Monster legend himself. And we're getting a little heat-ski because we are trying to give the booking team in WWE, we want more, brother. We, you got heat with us, so what are we doing? But interesting segments, nonetheless, from both companies. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, definitely interesting would be one word uh, that you could use for both of these segments. Um, frustrating would be another. Uh, but I feel like I've overused that one today. I think when it comes to the two large topics we talked about, a uh, like like I said, a lightning bolt of a person in uh, Mr. Charles Montgomery himself. A lot of folks like his work. A lot of folks are neutral about him. A lot of folks just don't care for him. It is what it is. But then also the bloodline. A lot of folks are engaged with it. Some folks have fallen off. Some folks are neutral about it. Some people get frustrating at the booking team for dragging it out. So a lot of differing opinions when it comes to these two overarching big stories slash returns. But if it is what it is, we are enjoying the wrestling. We're enjoying the more that we're getting. We want to keep on the positive, if we can, upward trajectory of a lot of these guys and gals. And like we said, we shared our thoughts, probably getting a little heat from the audience. It is what it is. Hopefully you don't rip us too bad, but. I mean, I feel, I feel like my opinions on, on punk are in, liable to get at least Chicago to hate me. And my opinions on the bloodline is at least just going to have the, you know, the Samoans uh, after me as well. So, you know, I have been a rather negative person today on both of these segments, but. It's just because of frustrations. I can't like every single week. I'm not going to sit here and say to you that it was super cool, it was super interesting, because it just wasn't. It's just not. There, there are points in this, and you know, if, if, if these stars can vent their frustrations, then so should the fans, and that's what I, I do. Like I, I vent, and I, I try to gauge whether or not I enjoyed it. I have enjoyed Punk in the past. I'm not a fan, and his past actions have annoyed me. I have enjoyed the bloodline, but right now it's just dragging on like it no one's business. So yeah, if people want to come after me, cool, fair enough, but come at me with a constructive argument other than he was defending himself or it's long-term storytelling because honestly, boys and girls, those, those are wearing pretty dang thin. Wearing pretty dang thin. Joker getting heat in Chicago. Joker getting heat in Pensacola, Florida, and or Las Vegas, Nevada, and with the IWC. But I'm in agreement when we decide to tackle these kind of bigger overarching stories and or people that are very divisive, to be fair. I always appreciate that you're, you're honest but constructive. You say, hey, 
you know, I'm not a fan of this because, okay, X, Y, and Z and th things of that nature. And you and I may not always agree on, you know, if we enjoyed a particular segment or like a person's work or things like that, but at least we're being honest and genuine as opposed to, uh, hey, everybody, on this week's episode, we're looking at, you know, type of thing. So being disingenuous, mm. we're always at least honest. So hopefully folks can appreciate that and not trying to cover something or just chat about something disingenuously for a clickbait or a view or a watch or anything like that. So we may not always agree with each other. We may not always agree with the larger IWC internet wrestling community as a whole, but we're just guys sharing our thoughts. So with a long history and appreciation for wrestling. So, you know what, if we're getting heat, at least try to mention where you agree or where you disagree with us. So we can see where you're coming from. As opposed to, hey, your opinion is bad. That doesn't. That's not. That's not helpful. Okay, let's let's yep. have a conversation. Chat with us. Let's see what's going on. Yep, constructive, please. I implore you, because it would be good to have a conversation about it. Maybe you could change my mind. There we go. So, if the end of the day, we learned from the AEW kerfuffle. We need to be better about communicating with one another and seeing each other's point of view and at least try to have a conversation as opposed to the old adage of two dogs just barking on the other side of the fence and nothing is getting done. So I'll leave, I'll leave us with this as this outro is getting long-winded. If you want to chat with us, feel free. Hit us up in the comments on YouTube. Hit us up on the Twitters. Hit us up on the Instagram. Let us know what your thoughts are. and. I want to see where you're coming from. All right. So with that for TF Joker. Where is the lie? Where indeed is the lie? And for me, Pretty Tony, thank you for your time. Let us be your part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.